Oh, I, I never set up my sound samples. I guess I can do that while we introduce the show. Uh, all right, well, I guess let's do this. I can't wait. Journey with us, dear listener, back to the mists of time before the dawn of recorded history, back into those salad days, back when Cameron and Nathan discussed the artist known as Taylor Swift. All those years ago, ancient history now, and yet we have returned to talking about Taylor Swift record scratch. Yeah, two big nostalgia episodes right in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Three. We're going we had Garth, all we had the way T-Pain. back to season 15. Wow. Cameron, can you even remember what we were up to during those? Like, what? Did, where, where, like, where were you in life when that was going on? You know, I was... Um, uh, I wasn't king of Portland. Oh, <laughs> at the that's time. right. Yeah. And I did get... Yeah crowned and now uh-huh. i own all of these uh vassals and their labor and uh-huh. um but i'm a good king i do i do have to say that i appreciate you uh forcing ted wheeler to be your footstool and to <laughs> <laughs> follow you around and grovel at your feet all day long is <laughs> a good choice yeah um, yeah, he he's made a point to say that he that he doesn't approve of uh, of my rule, um, but he secretly does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's a it's a well known secret. Yeah, of course. Um, gosh, yeah, back yeah, Taylor Swift days. I think I was fi- finishing up my uh, my fellowship at the Sorbonne, uh, if I remember right. <laughs> uh, I hadn't published my th- uh, my second thesis yet. Um, <laughs> You know, I think I'd been cited. Your first, your first thesis ended on a cliffhanger. No, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's because I was bridging the two academic disciplines, so you just really had to wait till the next one came out. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd bought my private island yet, uh, and I hadn't met Taylor Swift and become her best friend. <laughs> and then she wrote a bunch of songs about me, how, how great I am, and then she just uh, covered it up with the name Dorothea. Uh, just as a way to, to protect my privacy. <laughs> Aw. Um, that's the, also, that's one she of the wrote good ones, that right? song about me, about how she um, murdered my husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Back in those days, Maybe. Taylor Swift had not become a murderess yet. <laughs> uh, murder tricks. Murder, murder tricks. tricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Taylor Swift killed a guy, um, but she's yeah. never going to jail for it. Yeah, no body, no crime. Because she's smart about it. Nobody, no crime. <laughs> I, I just keep thinking that every time I, I see that title. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't afraid of no duppy or body. Um, yeah, so this is uh, Taylor Swift's um, album Evermore, which came out a few days ago, like last week. Yeah, I know, you, I know y'all were just super horny for whatever bullshit I said we were going to talk about this week for another palate cleanser episode before we dipped our toes into the ska waters. But, uh, Oh, I had an update on ska. I actually did listen to, uh, the mighty, mighty boss tones. I had one of their albums. So that's, I did listen to some secular ska. So, okay. 
We might have to choose yeah. them or maybe real big fish. It's like I don't Are know. You we sure were trying that to figure out secret Christians like ICP. Oh, maybe there were. I wonder if they're sorry that they tricked us. <laughs> That's still one of the most bonkers things I've ever heard on any song ever. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sorry that we tricked you. Yeah, you're you're a bunch of real stinkers for believing in God. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so um, Evermore, 2020, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, it's uh, she says it's kind of like a sister album to Folklore. Um, uh, I- Irish Twins. Irish, yeah, literally. Um, unfortunately, we do not have uh, uh, resident Taylor Swift expert Becca Dewitt with us this week. Well, yeah, it turns out that it's super hard to like get both parents in the recording booth at the same time. And by recording bo- booth, I mean the bedroom of our baby son. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, she wanted to do it, but uh, she's got other shit that she's got to do, and so, so here I am. This is going to mm-hmm. be a real misogynistic <laughs> uh, dick waving. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I can't party. Wait. Did she? Did she? Uh, pre-arm you with anything that she wanted to be uh shared on the show i don't don't even think she got a chance to listen to it uh okay i could could believe that yeah um yeah so this is it sonically it seems pretty similar to folklore yes um so they're kind of i don't know it's kind of like a double album almost um there was something interesting on the genius where i forget um forget which song oh it's it's in the uh, genius annotation on the album um in a tweet taylor swift revealed that she couldn't get enough of writing after her critically acclaimed album folklore as she said in her own words quote to put it plainly we just couldn't stop writing songs to try and put it more poetically it feels like we were standing on the edge of the folklorian woods and had a choice to turn and go back or to travel further into the forest of this music huh all right yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> Why don't you write a song about it? If you like break songs so much, <laughs> <laughs> write a song about the trees. Yeah, like Rush and their their famously successful song, "The Trees." I think that this song or this album of songs. We <laughs> 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 get a good clean take of that. Uh, I think that what was this that saying? album. I think that this album is better than Folklore. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I liked any of the exactly songs the as much as I liked um, the song about the like flapper lady <laughs> who the town hated. Yep, that was a good in song. The house. I like that song really well. I don't know if I liked any of these songs as much as I liked that song, but I just really thought that was a standout song. But in general, I think this album makes more sense as an album. And uh, there are less tonally confusing things. Like we talked a lot. uh, I complained a lot in the folklore episode Mm. about how it felt like Taylor was trying to be cool, but kept being dorky and how I in general like it when she's sort of just dorky and not trying to be cool. Even if she occasionally complains about not being cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, it felt like she was mostly pretty cool on this album. Like legit, legitimately cool. I was like, this is pretty cool. These, these are some better lyrics. Uh, it doesn't feel as, I don't know. It doesn't feel like you're trying too hard. It doesn't feel sweaty to use a, you know, the blank check vernacular. Yeah. Um, I can see that. It's yeah. Less uh try hard. 
put it another yeah, way. Yeah, it felt a little more effortless. And because of that, I was able to relax into the music a little better. And um, yeah, I actually, I thought this album was pretty good. I enjoyed this album. Hmm. Yeah, I think I did too. I mean, it didn't, it didn't make too much of an impression on me. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the more she embraces like indie music and whatnot, like both Bon Iver and The National appear on this. Um, I don't know. The more it's just like, I kind of heard this before. And maybe that's just because I spent way too much time between approximately 2006 and 2000 and whenever listening to this kind of like indie music. Um, yeah. Does this kind of music even really exist anymore? Like are people making this music now? I don't know. I her? mean, the national is still making music, right? I have no idea. I've never listened to them. I've, I've listened to a few songs of theirs. I just um, listened to the like indie folk stuff that floated to the surface. Like I didn't ever. I don't know. <laughs> They're floaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever floaters floated up to you. That's gross, Cameron. Ew. Um, floating is gross. Floating is disgusting. Um, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really kept up with it. Um, I'm sure there are people out there. So, I mean, Bon Iver is still making music, but he's gotten a lot more mainstream than he used to be. Did we talk about the fact that like Bon Iver collaborated with Kanye West and Taylor Swift? Oh, I don't think we specifically addressed that. Or maybe it was more just that Kanye West like sampled Bon Iver, but it felt like a collaboration. He did that. He, I think he, I think he sampled that song. That's like slow down the time what do you think of my bony fair impression uh, <laughs> uh it's it's a little too articulate i can hear too many of the words <laughs> yeah sorry it's hard it's hard to match his <laughs> his diction uh, diction well um, uh let's talk about these songs huh sure uh fine start, <laughs> fine let's start with uh, a uh the the song adaptation of the movie willow from 1984 starring warwick davis and val kilmer <laughs> and if it was an open shut case i never would have known from the look on your face lost in your current like a priceless wine the more that you say the less i know wherever you stray i follow i'm begging for you I do hear less, um, uh, not, uh, uh, what's her name? Lana Del Rey. I think I hear less Lana Del Rey in this album. Yeah. Not that I'm an expert, but I, I would agree. Yeah. And I, I think I like that because it, it just felt so derivative in folklore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The lost in your current, like a priceless wine. I don't think that metaphor tracks. Um, why would a wine, wine bottles be in the current? <laughs> Maybe there was a shipwreck. Can they? <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay. Should we do a science experiment? I mean, if it's a full bottle. Uh, let's well, crowdsource it. Let's cra- All right, uh, thinkers. Everyone Throw your fill wine up their in bathtubs. the nearest river. <laughs> I like my option. Yeah. We got to see how it does in a current or else oh, we won't be able right. to test this out. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, yeah, maybe I have no idea. Um, yeah, I got, I, I can't, I can't tell whether to picture it as like a wine bottle, like bobbing along in the current or just like wine that's been poured into a big river and it's just, uh, dissipating quickly. I like this song musically quite a bit. I think it's a really pretty melody. I think the instrumentation is great. The production is great. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this is probably some of the worst lyric writing. It's not terrible, but like that lyric and um, uh, there's, there's one about a train. Isn't there one about a train? Uh, You know that my train could take you home anywhere else is hollow. It's like, why, why do you have a train? Nah, (laughs) (laughs) it's a willow train, Cameron. The song is yeah, about a willow, and she's got a willow train. She's got the, the tree on the train. It's a tree train. Yeah, and then she, I guess she says hollow, which could be like a tree, but like it, she doesn't pull it together, and it feels like it's just I uh, I don't know. It's like a bunch of weird mixed metaphors. I like Wreck My Plans um, pretty well, but that's like a more discursive kind of uh, language. I, I think I like Life Was a Willow, and it bent right to your wind. Um, but then it, it just sort of he leaves that metaphor because <laughs> you're a, a stinky man, <laughs> stinky, stinky man. Um, and then I think the worst offense lyrically in this song, I took a sound sample of, Ooh, I can't wait. Is it the one that says this is bad tonally, right? Yeah. But but I come back stronger than a '90s trend, huh? Which I feel like is this sort of dorkiest, like Taylor Swift lyric that's sort yeah. of like proud of itself, you know? Yeah. But it's but it's in this context of this like very kind of emotional, um, sexy song, and I th- and I also don't really know what it means. Uh, I mean, the 90s are back, Cameron. <laughs> Everyone's wearing nylon puffy jackets and big dorky <laughs> shoes and uh, loose-fitting clothing and all that ugly shit that uh, no one should ever do. I, I guess she's, try- she's trying to say that she ultimately will not be under the influence of this person and be self-possessed again, but... It doesn't really feel like the song is about that, especially yeah. when like when the end of the song is saying "wreck my plans." That's my man, you know. Um, so I don't know. I I just lyrics like that. I feel I are disappointing to me because it doesn't match tonally to me. It feels like it's too like thinks that it's clever. Um, mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, tonally, I'm not necessarily looking for like a tongue-in-cheek kind of song. Like if she's saying that in like "Shake It Off" or um, uh, "No One's Better at Revenge" or whatever, like I feel like that would be more in place in that kind of song. And I don't, I don't love it. Um, that being said, I think I think it's a really pretty song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I think she accomplishes having good. I think the rest of the album is really pretty too. And the, there's a lot of better lyric writing. So 
this, uh, like a lot of the album, was produced by uh, Aaron Dessner, who's one of the guys from The National, apparently. Oh, I, for some reason, always pronounced it Desner. Desner? But I guess it's spelled Desner. I think you were thinking of Des Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> dumb. I think I was. Dumb thing to say. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Champagne problems? Bustling crowds or silent sleepers You're not sure which is worse Because I dropped you hand while dancing Left you out there standing Crestfallen on the land in champagne problems Your mom's ringing your pocket uh, Apparently, according to the uh, Genius Annotations, there is an essay that Swift wrote about this album Evermore. Okay. And it's on Twitter. Oh no, that's the worst place <laughs> to put essay. Well, does that mean I have to fill space while you look that up? And read oh the no, thing? it's a screenshot of text. Oh no, it gets worse and worse. Oh. All right, no. read read the whole thing. No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna even look at this. I can't. I we, close the window. We all know. We all know how good Taylor is in, with the written word without a melody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, according to the Genius Annotations, Champagne Problems tells the story of a woman who shocks her would-be fiancé and their loved ones by turning down a marriage proposal right before Christmas. Oh, um, for some reason I thought it was like that this was about a wedding. Yeah, as opposed well, to a proposal. Ring in pocket. That makes yeah. sense champagne problems i don't understand why that keeps getting repeat repeated throughout the song like it it's not really an interesting phrase it doesn't really do well, anything for me are you gonna say something about how it should be sparkling problems <laughs> well actually <laughs> if they're not problems from la problème area of france it's not <laughs> champagne problems it's just sparkling problems uh um oh i there, guess we did it Everyone can leave us alone. Yeah. (laughs) Got that delicious Um, low-hanging fruit. mm, It's always the lowest-hanging fruit that's the sweetest, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I don't know. This is another... This is another sort of... Taylor Swift-like... a fantasy like a a romantic fantasy song where it's like what if someone asked me to marry them and i said no and everyone saw and then it was near christmas too and then everyone would be talking about me (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so it's like yeah it's a sort of contrived situation you know but i feel like there's all this i don't know interesting stuff that could be said in this song about, you know, someone being like entitled to where, I don't know about marriage or, or proposals or like the entitlement that people have um, to mm-hmm. commitment and, you know, monogamy and all that stuff. And I don't know, it goes there a little bit. Like there's a, you want to play the sound sample that says fucked in the head. Yes. It's not as, it's she- not as salacious as, as, as it sounds. <laughs> She's just gone whole hog with the swears. 
Like she avoided yeah. them for so many albums, and now she's just like F F F F S. It's a big a, cuss. D uh, G. She uh, she popped w. the cork on on the cuss bottle. And it's spraying <laughs> and everywhere. It's she would have made such a lovely bride. What a shame she's fucked in the head. They said, but you'll find the real thing instead. It's a shame she's fucked in the head. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, people talking about women being unstable or hysterical, you know? Yeah, it's so. um, it's it's similar ground we've seen her cover before, which is to say embodying a character who is regarded as, like, an insane, irrational person, uh, mostly because of misogyny. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty similar to a lot of her songs in that way. Yeah, but she doesn't, like... She doesn't try to convince us that she left for any for any particular reason. You know, it's like, well, were you left because did you leave because you weren't ready to commit, but you wanted to, but you have trouble? It's like, whose fault is this? Or is it his fault because he wasn't like reading the room, you know, or like because he didn't actually have your consent and he was like trying to like put you in a situation where you would feel like you would have to say yes, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like there's, there's no, it just seems obsessed with the image itself um, and the situation and the the scandal of it, as opposed Mm -hmm. to diving into like what it means. Um, Yeah. There's nothing of that in the text and based on like my, recent experience of listening to all of her music i feel mm. like oh are you just is this just like a, a kind of a romantic idea to you like something you would want to see in a movie um mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah i do i don't feel i, I feel like the, <laughs> there's something dismissive in like a kind of gendered way in what i'm in what i'm saying um and i don't necessarily know what to do about that um, but I guess what I'm saying is that like, I'm interested, I, I guess I'm, I'm not inherently interested in, in romance unless it feels relatable to me <laughs> mm. hmm. or, or unless it feels like it's, it has something to say. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it doesn't really seem like this has much to say. I mean, besides, like you said, what if there was like a story and then the lady said no when he asked, marry me? What? Wow, wouldn't that be something? Um, David Sims on the Blank Check podcast has a, a great bit that he tells basically constantly, which is when he tries to sum up a movie, he just says, well, what if what if there was love actually? <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like, he just like, yeah, what if there there was a counselor for the counselor or whatever, you know, yeah. like that's what if there was a know. quiet American? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really science fiction. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like that's sort of like, uh, I don't know. Sometimes her songs just feel like elevator pitches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm just trying maybe to sell as an elevator. Maybe, maybe that's just maybe that's useful to some people or like oh yeah I want to feel like I'm inserted into a scene of a movie but I don't want to have to commit 90 minutes I just want to yeah. do it I want to be in and out three minutes <laughs> fast forward to the most dramatic scene yeah and it's it's not quite a story song because it's not really specific no. enough 
it's just like a little too vague and imagistic to really actually be a story song. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I would appreciate it more if, uh, if it felt more grounded in an actual story. I think that's part of what was so strong about the, um, the crazy flapper lady who owned Taylor Swift's house back in the day, that song is, it was like, it was so specific and there were so many just cool little details that show that were so revealing. Like when she painted the neighbor's cat bright green or whatever. Yeah. I, I want that kind of stuff in this song and it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no. So yeah, one yeah. musical thing to point out, uh, I feel like in, in general, Aaron Aaron Dessner is, is a much more interesting producer. And there's like, I even like the production on this album a lot more than the last one. Um, there's just these little moments of care. Like there's this like cute on purpose ending uh, at the end. Do you want to play that? Yeah. Mm. Oh, it does. It, it kind of does that thing that like little piano trick that like kids do where they like roll their knuckles on the black keys. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know that that little thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, I've definitely heard that. Yeah. I don't know if you know how to do that. <laughs> uh, you just like you like hit the keys with your fingers, I think something like that. <laughs> Uh, you don't know. You're just oh, pretending. No. Oh, <laughs> you're really supposed to use your elbows. I'll see if I can put something in the learning links. Uh, black key knuckle thing. Uh, go ahead and take a look there if you don't know what I'm talking about. And maybe there's a link if I if I find a <laughs> YouTube channel that's dedicated to that. If not, it'll just be a music video from the band Black Keys. Yeah. Uh, Gold Rush. I like this song. This is a good one. Mm. Let's do this one. Mm-hmm. And the coastal town we wander around have never seen love as pure as it. And then it fades into the gray of my day. Antique is never be. Cause I don't like a gold rush, gold rush. I don't like anticipating my face in a red flush. I don't like that anyone without a feel Yeah. Yeah. What's this song about? This is a Jack Antonoff song that I actually like. And I feel like I've gotten kind of down on him lately. But basically, this is about being horny for someone uh, that everyone else is horny for. And, you know, sort of feeling like, uh, I don't know if I want to, like, compete or if I, like, (laughs) want to just... I, I maybe I want to opt out because this is going to get weird and complicated. And also like, I don't want to just be into this person because they're so sort of publicly desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just, it's that conflict. Um, and I feel like that is a new idea. And I think that the metaphor of that being a gold rush is fucking great. Like as it, yeah. if we're talking about elevator pitches for songs, um, not just elevators, then I think that's like a great concept, you know, cause like famously gold rush, you know, uh, it was just like millions of people descending on the West coast, destroying the habitat, like the, the ecosystems and like, um, destroying the economy and like displacing 
it's like a bad scene and no one got rich or very few people actually got rich, you know? Right. And, yeah. uh, I've in, in my life long ago, you know, I've been in situations Back where when you were, were like a gold rush prospector. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been in situations where like, I've been one of many people who was like horny for the same person. And then it's sort of all exploded and it kind of sucks. And, yep. uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I think I've seen you there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, at Sounds least right. once. Um, but it happens, and it's like it's super awkward, and like no, it's it's just not gonna, you know. Oh, only a select few people are going to get rich. Yeah, I. It, the, you know what they say? It's it's always the people who sold the tools to the prospectors who got rich. So <laughs> what, who, what would be to the bastards too? <laughs> no, it's, no. I haven't listened to that episode, but that's just like the common thing is like the guy, like the guy who invented the water mill that filtered out the gold panning uh, stuff when you went panning for gold, like he made a, a huge bunch of money. Um, there, There's an episode of Behind the Bastards where they talk about the egg war um, off the coast of San Francisco. Basically, like you need to feed all of these people um, mm-hmm. and some smart people like figured out a couple enterprising individuals sent out like a little team to this like Island that was full of these birds that laid eggs all over this Island. But you know, this Island is completely uninhabitable by humans because it's just all dangerous cliffs. Anyway, they went in, they got a shit ton of eggs and they brought them back, sold it. And they became like, you know, super stupid rich. And then, um, everyone else descended on the island and like tried to do the same thing. And like the people literally went to war over these eggs just so that they could feed all of the prospectors. Mm -hmm. So yeah, (laughs) it's a great episode. I'll, I'll link that as well. What kind of bird was it? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, It was some kind of bird with like a a weird blue egg or like with like a blue inside egg. And it's like not good for like eating by itself, but it's, but it's perfectly fine for baking with. Uh Anyway. So I guess in this metaphor, like what you want to do is you want to like pick up the pieces after the, you know, the, the gold in question finally uh, is found. I guess. Uh, wait, so score him on the rebound? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh. Huh. Um, uh, anyway, I, I think that's, I think it's a, a solid idea for a song. It's something that's, that's relatable that people know about, but hasn't really been, you know, if we're talking about like, Oh, what if this was a situation? And it's like, well, we've already seen that situation in all these rom-coms or rom-droms. Or drum comps. Mm. <laughs> um, but, like, I haven't actually seen this depicted in this kind of way in, in the context of a song. And I think it's, like, yeah, I think it's eloquently put together. I think it's a good idea. It's, like, a it's like a pretty good pop song. Yeah. God, I was I was trying to think of a uh, some sort of setup about, like, a uh, old racist segregationist U.S. senator that would lead to the punchline Stromcom. Uh, referencing Strom Thurmond, <laughs> but I could not think of a setup that could get me there. Yeah, you would have had to really filibuster to get there. <laughs> okay. Um, there, there's some good lyrics in here, uh, some good little moments of lyrics as well. Um, 
I don't like that falling feels like flying till the bone crush. <laughs> I think Ooh, that's great. Crush. Yeah. It's a, a, a visceral image um, mm-hmm. that, that, is uh, that isn't, that isn't explained like we're a bunch of dummies. Like it, it's like, we know what that means. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Not that it's that complicated. Or yeah, high you got a crush on every bone. Yeah. You're super horny for bones. You'll love them so much. We've all been there. Um, just give, give us your bones. I think the wink and nod to folklore is good in this. Uh, my mind turns your life into folklore. I can't dare to dream about you anymore. Um, I think that's pretty good, too. It's like yeah. that's what happens when you like uh, are falling for someone or when especially like when a bunch of people are sort of mythologizing a person and sexualizing them or romanticizing them. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, I, I think it's a pretty a smart song. Do you think this is something that does this feel autobiographical to you or does it feel like Taylor Swift herself might be the subject of this song? Like, do you think this is from the, oh. like, is this her thinking about how people might be relating to her when she's super famous? Like, you know, from what I understand, um, not having a lot of celebrity experience to draw on myself. Oftentimes when you get rich and famous, you have a hard time telling who's your actual friend and who just wants to ingratiate themselves with you because they want to be close to fame or they want money or whatever. Like, do, do you think there's, there's a chance that this is somewhat about Taylor Swift and how hard it is for her to have actual relationships with people without it just being a gold rush? Right. That like, maybe that the speaker in the song is someone who she would actually want the affection from because they have the self-respect to <laughs> not do this gold rush. And, you yeah. know, maybe, I don't think that's necessarily in the text of the song and I guess I'm a little bit more interested in the idea of ta- uh, of Taylor being low status in this song. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I think that's like well, low, not in the in a, in a dorky way, but in a like um, she's not the object of you know affection, and she's I, I like that. It, I like imagining her in this song as she's built her you know mythology and folklore around her own you know, persona. Um, I like the idea of her being, you know, like she's struggling with her feelings of romance for someone uh, of romance for someone, but ultimately like trying to hold that at bay because she's like, I don't, I don't want to get caught up in this whole thing. I want to have like some self-respect and yeah. So I kind of want that for her in the context of, I want that for her persona. I don't, (laughs) she could do whatever she wants. It's not Mm -hmm. none of my business, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, do you want to move on to? I don't know. Are we going to be able? To, I don't know. We're probably not going to be able to cover all these songs. What's there are uh, fifteen songs. Fifteen uh, songs. I think um, uh, we could just like give. We could just blow through a couple. I could. I'm willing to blow through. Tis the damn season. Okay. Let's see that one. Uh, do you want to synopsize this? I can synopsize it real quick if you don't want to. Go for it. I don't know if I could pull out anything that coherent about it. 
basically it's about like going home for the holidays and then like finding someone to hook up with. It's uh, like having a summer fling, but Christmas. So it's even sad. shorter. <laughs> it's sad. It's cold. You just want to hook up with your old, your old flame. Who has a pickup uh, truck. Yeah. Maybe this is just so, an allegory for the country music industry. <laughs> she does get back in a little bit of country on this album. A little bit. A tiny bit. Kind just of. A There's like a harmonica, which is country adjacent. There's a mandolin. Of. There's a banjo. Just a there little. Is, but it's a Bony Vera banjo. That doesn't yeah. fucking count. <laughs> yeah, that does not fucking count. Uh, uh. Sorry, I'm being a banjo snob. Um, I think the banjo playing that he does is lovely. Good work, Justin. No, you don't. You, pl- you don't think that. <laughs> no, I do. I'm I'm totally fine with Bony Vera banjo or like. I'm, I'm even fine with Mumford and Sons banjo. I think it all is, if it sounds good, it no, sounds good. I can't, I will not go that far. <laughs> I, I think shitty, shitty banjo far, playing sounds bad. Good banjo playing sounds good. It doesn't have to be trad for it to be good. This far and no further, Cameron. All right. The fine. line must be drawn here. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I think there's kind of one thing that's interesting musically about this which is that there's an interesting form to the chorus which Mm. is it ends on a five chord and it has an extra two lines so the chorus has 10 lines total instead of eight lines Mm. so Mm. i I took a sound sample of that i think it's the second half okay and it always leads to you That seems. Um, that sounds. That's very, just the last two lines. Yeah, that sounds very the national to me. In in the very small experience I've had with the national, melodically, uh, production uh, the, wise, what do you mean? Uh, both. Yeah, like I I think they, if I remember right, they do some of that that kind of stuff where they add like extra beats or lines or whatever. Um, the instrumentation and the backing track sounds very the yeah. national to me. Um, well, should we move on? Yeah, sure. Uh, tolerate uh, it. I have some uh, some musical things to say about it. Um, okay. Specific specifically when you before you play this sound sample, the whole song is in ten beat phrases. So try to just like feel those feel those beats and how it goes a little bit longer than you might think. So I think mm-hmm. that's unique for a Taylor Swift song. Okay. I sit and watch you and notice everything you do. So much older and wiser, and I wait by the door like I'm just a kid. Use my best colors for your portrait. So it goes dun 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 dun. Those are ten beat phrases, which I think is pretty rhythmically compelling. Yeah. And the way that Taylor sings over it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel didactic. Like it doesn't feel like it's nailing down um like oh this is a song in 10 so we're going to make it sort of perfectly. There's a lot of Sufjan songs like this which I think are great, but where he he'll write the entire song where it, 
you know, the melody will, will go, don't, 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 you know, if it's in five, the whole song will just, the melody will just sound like Mission Impossible, you know? But she, she stretches and pulls and, and shortens and does a lot of interesting stuff melodically uh, in her singing. And I guess to whatever extent that she wrote the melody as well um, over the top of this 10 beat phrase. And, and I think it's really rhythmically compelling um, in a long way. Um, and then there's even this one, this one spot where she trails over the bar um, into where the next phrase should start. Hey, and if you're trailing like over the bar, of- you probably had too much to drink, right, man? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh R U N N O O no that's that's the wrong thing I, <laughs> I was doing one? Road Brother Right though whoops B double E W R U N there there it is you want to play that sound sample oh right yeah sorry I was really focused on saying something incredibly stupid me too I polish plates until they gleam and glisten that word there the gleam and glisten mm-hmm. uh in what way <laughs> can you have something gleam but not glisten or vice versa you know so maybe it trailed over the bar but not for extra you know lyrical meaning but maybe just for the musical you know just joy for the rhyme it. yeah so maybe uh yeah i don't know what the difference is between gleaming and glistening mm. okay <laughs> should we should we talk about murder? Oh, we should talk about so much murder all the time. Uh just like back in the ICP days. It's called uh Night Nobody. Of the X. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, the no Taylor crime. Cover. Her husband's acting different and it smells like infidelity. She says that ain't my Merlot on his mouth. That ain't my jewelry on our joint account. No, there ain't no doubt. I think I'm gonna call him out. So this is like a uh, uh, fan fiction for one of uh, Taylor Swift's pals. <laughs> She's a fan uh, of her pal. <laughs> yeah. So there's this. Uh, apparently, there's a band called Hiem. Um, which is the the last name of three sisters who make up the band. Sort of like it's sort of like a female uh, Hanson. Um, <laughs> and Wikipedia says it's pronounced Hayim, which I wonder if it if it's a Hebrew name because that's the ah uh, yeah their Israeli-born father Mordecai uh, oh. Hayim. That's I uh, just that, never that, heard it said out loud. I thought it was just Haim. That's what I thought too. Um, As in honey baked, honey baked Hames. <laughs> um that's the word for life right which is why lachayim means to life to life yeah Yeah. um yeah so this is fanfic about esti or i almost said lachayim fuck esti chayim um there's a character in um so there's the movie have you seen walk hard the movie with uh the dewey yeah. cox story with we okay. finally watched it oh that's recommendation. great what a what a fantastic movie i'm cutting half real bad dewey <laughs> <laughs> dewey i'm halved <laughs> speak english doc we ain't scientists um there's there's an extended bit about how 
uh, there are Jews controlling the music industry. Yeah. And they really lean into it. Um, I believe the producers and maybe the writers of this film are all Jewish themselves. Um, but they get, uh, they get Harold Ramis and some other uh, Jewish uh, actors and comedians and stuff. And they show up in this scene and they have like, they're full on like all the, the forelocks and the long beards and like the, like the, the, ha- the Hasidic hats and like all this stuff. And uh, they speak in these exaggerated accents. And one of them is named Lachayim and they just like really, really lean into it and go over the top. And that's what I thought about when I called this person uh, Esti Lachayim. <laughs> So that's on me. Her actual name is Esti Hayam, and uh, Taylor Swift is writing fanfic about her husband cheating on her, Esti's husband, that is, and how Taylor is going to kill him. Esti's a no. friend of mine. We meet up every Tuesday night for dinner and a glass of wine. Esti's been losing sleep. Her husband's acting different, and it smells like infidelity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is Esti an actual person? Yeah. actually part of the band yeah mm-hmm. and does is she married to a, a man I, I don't know i was trying to figure that out if you look for sd Hyam on wikipedia you only get you get the uh the band and not uh not individual um individual pages for the uh, sure women for the sisters i believe this is the only song on the album that's only written by taylor swift Oh, and, interesting. And, and boy, does it feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the song's trying to do the, like the, the, the band formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, the Chicks, uh, that, that song about oh, murdering an, an abusive man or whatever. Um, if there was husband. a way, like for them to be able to figure out how to make a worse band name than the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Chicks is worse. <laughs> I mean, I get that you don't want to name check Dixie and the that fraught history and whatnot, but just calling your band the Chicks is. Uh, I'm just, I'm just rambling now. This is. I mean, way did you off. follow? Did you follow what happened with Lady A? Oh yes, that they start. They sued the black woman who had already been calling herself Lady A for years. This is the band uh, formerly known as Lady Antebellum, which changed their names for similar reasons. Uh, but much worse reasons, because Lady Antebellum is a much worse name than Dixie Chicks. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and, uh, yeah, they ended up stealing a, what was it, a Black Soul Singer's, uh-huh. like, decades-long career. And know, then they, they sued her. her name. They, yeah. they sued her. And then I think they backed off and realized it was really bad publicity, and they have since uh, started a some sort of scholarship for... Uh, black children or something like that. They're like well, trying good to for fucking them. I'm assuming they're just the ladies now. <laughs> uh, oh, it's just lady. Um, the band called just, lady. Uh, so yeah, this song has that like Taylor Swift energy of like, well, I want to be a little stinker and I'm going to sing a song about murdering someone. <laughs> wow. It's like, it's like, some sort of ballad, but about murder. I think that's unprecedented in the history of American pop music. <laughs> some sort of murder ballad, you might call it. The thing, the thing that's like I think is really uh, ill-conceived about this song, or the thing that like doesn't age, where that the murder ballad like doesn't age well in this 
in this song is just that uh, I, you can kind of understand murder ballads in other times and places and settings, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, like this, the when society is so restrictive, sometimes the only way out of a situation is to kill someone, you know, and it's like, even if it's like a bad thing to do, it's like, I can kind of empathize with where this character's coming from, you know. Um, but in this song, it's like, it it's very clearly set like today because it's about, you know, her like band members or that what it's about her friend who's in a band and like her husband. Um, right. He's got tires on his uh, truck too. She mentions that specifically. Yeah. And it's, there doesn't seem to be any kind of, you know, there's no coercion. Like there's no power disparity. It's just like this dude, he's, he's having an affair and, and then he kills his wife. <laughs> Because he, he, he wanted... kills his wife. Yeah, yeah, dude. Come on, it's what? it's right there in the song. Esty wasn't there Tuesday night at Olive Garden, which that's hilarious that she and Taylor meet up at Olive Garden, at her job or anywhere. He reports his missing wife, and I noticed when I passed his house, his truck has got some brand new tires, and his mistress moved in, sleeps in Esty's bed, and everything. No, there ain't no doubt. Somebody's got to catch him out because I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. Oh shit! I forgot that that. I, I didn't, re- I didn't realize that, uh, that he murdered it, that he murdered this, this public figure. Yeah. SD <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, and then, so, uh, Taylor Swift murders him right back. Okay. So I guess that's a little, a little less <laughs> sociopathic. Um, but it still feels like, I don't know, like an adolescent wish fulfillment, and um, I I don't think I I don't think it's that fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's yeah yeah whatever. There's some weird lyrics in it too. Like she says, "That ain't my Merlot on his mouth." Yeah, is that supposed to be some sort of like metaphor for something? I think she's just saying that like he smells like wine, but it's not the. It's not the wine. It's not the Merlot that we make at home. <laughs> or it's like, why is she saying my Merlot? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's not our Merlot. It's specifically your Merlot. You've been drinking a different brand of Merlot. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's like buying, you know, jewelry for this other woman, like on their joint account. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's really fucking stupid. <laughs> Everybody knows if you're going to do that kind of thing, you just take out a bunch of cash at the beginning of the week and you use that cash to go eat at Taco Bell or whatever. So your wife doesn't find out. And then it doesn't show up Nathan, on the joint she account. She listens to this show, I think. Oh no. <laughs> no, uh, the, the cash that I take out is for parking meters. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so I think this song is, I don't know. I don't think it's very good. Um, no. Well, although it is pretty novel the- to hear that Taylor, to hear about Taylor Swift murdering someone, and hearing about how one of her friends got also murdered. <laughs> yeah. This is apparently She's- Taylor Swift was inspired by true crime podcasts. Oh God. That <laughs> it's her favorite murder. I just, uh, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm trying to like resist a lot of these. Like, I don't know, like. Taylor like better things, <laughs> you know. Like that's such a like gross, like zeitgeisty thing to be into. It's like true crime stuff. 
I tried I for a while with that podcast. It was it's pretty entertaining. I it's a bit misophonic for me. Um they made some real mouth noises. Uh I think because a lot of the time they're literally laying down on a couch while recording it, so that doesn't help. Okay, that's kind of fun. Um but yeah, it's it's pretty fun and entertaining and uh I think specifically I think their fan base is a lot of women and I don't know if, if they specifically talked about that, but from what I understand, uh, women tend to resonate with it um, for lots of reasons. One of which is that they tend to be victims uh, of like men. I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to throw that podcast specifically under the bus. Is okay? Is she saying that that's the podcast she's specifically into, or just true crime podcasts in general? No, that's like a whole genre. No, it was. I think she just beaten is to vague. death. Uh, it was. She says my obsession with true crime podcasts slash documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Cameron, you know what we should do? You know, there. That's there, true there, podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be much more. We successful. should do true crimes and then podcast about them. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I, at <laughs> what point have we reached peak true crime? We're running out of crimes. There's no more source material to cover for these podcasts. So we have to go out and commit. <laughs> Uh, some murders to drum up some more interest for our it's podcast. It's the perfect true, true crime. crime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it can't fail. So the podcast is about how we're making true crimes for the podcast so that we'll have something to podcast about. Yeah, exactly. What else do you uh, I wonder who did uh, it? What do you want to talk about? One more song? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's, Oh boy. There's a, uh, cowboy like me there's dorothea there's coney island there's evermore there's closure i don't know what do you feel like talking about well okay i'd be kind of down for talking about marjorie and closure marjorie because and closure. i think that marjorie is a pretty good song it's about some dead, interesting dead lady. One. yeah i believe it's about a grandma not all grandmas and, are dead uh, cameron yeah it's 2020. Grandmas uh, can be alive if they want. As Kendrick Lamar would say, bitch, all my grandma's dead. Ain't nobody praying for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. It's a great lyric. <laughs> He's a great rapper and person. <laughs> uh, Marjorie, let's uh, let's listen to that. Yeah. And then closure. Yeah. still around what died didn't stay dead what died didn't stay dead you're alive you're alive in my head what died didn't stay dead okay so i think this song is almost a a a bad and cheesy song Uh uh-huh which is why i like it so well because i feel like it it turns it around and like earns the the things that otherwise I think would just be like kind of annoying. So the way the song is constructed, the verses are little like aphorisms that a grandma would say. Mm-hmm. Never be so kind, you forget to be clever. And then you just turn that around. Never be so clever, you forget to be kind. And then the other one is uh, never be so polite, you forget your power. Never wield such power, you forget to be polite. That kind of thing mm-hmm. would be annoying, probably, if that if the song was just that. And then... It's got the a real Yogi Berra vibe. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then the pre-chorus and chorus uh, is is implying that these words, this wisdom she received, is from someone who is now dead. Um, and then the chorus, you know, says, "What died didn't stay dead. Um, you're alive, so alive." Um, because of these, you know, vaguely ha- hallmarky things. So, like, if that was all the song was, I would be like, "All right, I don't know. It's fine. It's kind of sentimental." But it's like it's kind of cheesy and like there's not enough detail. Then the bridge is great. Uh, it just dives into all these specifics, and I think it's really lovely. And I'll read the whole thing. It's not that long. Mm-hmm. The autumn chill that wakes me up. You loved the amber skies so much. Long limbs and frozen sl- swims. You'd always go past where our feet could touch, and I complained the whole way there. The car ride back and up the stairs. I should have asked you questions. I should have asked you how to be. Ask you how to ri- ask you to write it down for me. Should have kept every grocery store receipt because every scrap of you would be taken from me. Watched as you signed your name, Marjorie. All your closets of backlog dreams and how you left them all to me. That's a gorgeously written bridge. Yeah, that's good. I think it's really good writing, and I think that. The juxtaposition of these of these sort of like ve- uh, like open ended sort of aphorisms and like the sentimental idea is just completely earned by this bridge, um, and I think it's the bridge is placed in in the song like minute mark wise in in a way that like it's right where it needs to happen for me to like not be too annoyed by like, okay, is this just all going to be like, um, like a greeting card, you know? And I, yeah. I don't know. I just think it, it's also a really interesting back, song formally. It doesn't go back to those greeting card aphorisms after the, the, uh, bridge either. Yeah. It just does the chorus again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's like a really effective song. I agree. Yeah. And man, I can't tell you how many like r- really bad poems I've read that, um, have very similar structures to never be so kind. You forget to be clever. Never be so clever. You forget to be kind. (laughs) There's so much of that. Um, In fact, it reminds me of, did you ever see the movie mystery men? Yeah. Uh, There's this character called Sphinx or the Sphinx. Their trainer who's played by West Studi, And uh, he pretty much exclusively speaks in aphorisms like that. Um, I'm at the quotes page of the movie now. He who questions training only trains himself at asking questions. When you can balance a tack hammer on your head, you will head off your foes with a balanced attack. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that it's, movie, it's that temptation to think that just because something is sort of like reversible, that it is valuable or wise or clever. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And Mr. Furious is uh, constantly calling him out for it. I gotta watch that again. It's been a long time. Yeah, uh, some of it holds up pretty well. Uh, anything else to say about that song, uh, Marjorie? Um, it's it's kind of an the chorus is pretty odd. What died didn't stay dead. What died didn't stay dead. You're alive. You're alive in my head. It's kind of creepy the way she phrases it. Yeah, it's spooky grandma. <laughs> uh, spooky grandma Horcrux <laughs> pop stars. <laughs> mm-hmm title of the episode um you know how like it's okay fine let me write that down before <laughs> i forget okay uh we said uh, spooky grandmom 
Horcrux Pop Stars. Pop stars. Yeah. There it is. Um, you know how it's like pretty problematic to say um, someone is your uh, spirit animal? Yes. On like a lot of levels. Like people, a bunch of people were saying that about Lizzo, which on a, on a lot of levels really sucks. Yeah. You don't call black so people animals. Levels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just know? number one. Like, don't call women animals or anybody. And then don't just like co-op the idea of a spirit animal just to like say that you like someone's music, you know? And yeah. Lizzo rightfully like went off politely on these people who were doing that. Anyway, what we should do instead is say like, Oh yeah, Lizzo's my Horcrux. (laughs) 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 I'm going to, I'm going to store a piece of my soul in her. (laughs) Cause that's how people actually act when they say that kind of stuff. You know, it's true. It's true. All right. You want to talk about culture is the new Stan culture. (laughs) I love that Uh, song. I just want to talk about, I just, I just want to talk about uh, the time signature stuff in Closure. Okay. I think it's the most interesting rhythmic stuff um, on a song structure level that we've heard from Taylor Swift. I wonder if it's the influence of the national that has got her dabbling with like time signature stuff. Do they do they do that? Do they dabble? I don't, I don't remember. It's been so long since I listened to their stuff. And it. I mean, I only listened to, I think... The stuff I listened to was from like one album that came out in like 2009 or something. Like it's, it was pretty, it was like way back in the day. So I don't know. Maybe our listeners will know. Well, break us off a piece. Give us closure. Give us a break. It wasn't right the way it all went down. Looks like you know that now. Yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. It cut deep to know you're right to the bone. Yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. Yeah. This is more of that Mission Impossible stuff that I was telling you about. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I but I think it sounds great and it's catchy. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, that's in five. Um, you could count it the denominator in different ways, you know, five eight or five four. Um, but uh, basically, I'm going to count it as five eleven. Uh huh. You said I could count it yeah. a number of different ways. <laughs> uh, it has to be uh, ex- exponential growth of two. But fine, sure, you can do that if you want. Okay, okay, smart guy. Five over one thousand twenty four. What do you think about that? Huh perfect (laughs) it's very logical um Uh, you know all those 1020 quarter notes (laughs) i do know all of them (laughs) uh you just gotta play real slow real slow uh so the basic so this is a compound meter um meaning um it's in five, but the way that five is divvied up isn't necessary. You could count it one, two, three, four, five, like that. Um, but the emphasis is pretty consistently on uh, one, the and of two, a four. So it's like do, do, da, da. I guess it would emphasize five as well. Um, so this is that... You know, that Mission Impossible rhythm, da, 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 da. So it's two dotted notes and then two undotted notes. Um, and uh, yeah, so that we've never really heard anything like that from Taylor before. Um, and mm. I think she sings it in a pretty effortless way. Um, and it's fun to hear her voice over that kind of time signature. And I think it, it leads 
when you have that kind of constraint, it it leads to having you have to have a good melody to sing to mm-hmm. sing over it. You either have to force a melody that fits in the time signature, or you have to do interesting things to work around the time signature. So, and and in this case, I think she does the more of the former. Um, and uh, something really interesting that happens in this song is the spaces in between the sections of the songs um, will just randomly throw in a measure of seven. So instead of going do, do, da, da, it'll go do, do, da, 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 like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like it's sort of floating and it's like, when is it going to land? Sometimes it'll just be a single measure of seven. Sometimes it'll be uh, a measure of five without lyrics and then a measure of seven. Um, and uh, it's kind of exciting to listen to because mm. I'm like, oh, is this because you could feel that there is a pulse there. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a an indeterminate amount of time, but the pulse is a compound pulse, meaning that... Um, that it has the capacity to the pulse will change um, as opposed to just being boom, 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 boom. It goes do, do, dot, 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 like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so di- different uh, assumptions of what the beat is moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, here's a, here's an example. This might be what you just played, but a sound sample that I took, um, or it might be a similar spot in a different part in the song. Mm-hmm. Wasn't right the way it all went down. Looks like you know that now. Yes, I got Yeah, how about you play that one more time and uh I will make a note to if if I can line it up, I I will count over the top of it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. count over. Um so that people can hear how it lines up. And I'm going to just count straight to five and then seven when I do it, as opposed to um, one and four, five like that. Right. Okay. I'll yeah. just count the square beats. Yeah. That sounds good. Sounds nice and square. Mm-hmm. You friggin' mm-hmm. square. <laughs> it wasn't right. The way it all went down. Looks like you know that now. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. I got Mmm. So uh, Nathan just said, mmm, but I'm positive that that did not line up with what he just played me because of Skype. But Well, I'm uh, pretending to understand like I usually yeah. do. <laughs> I've gotten really good at faking it because I have so much uh, practice. It's <laughs> very little I understand. Oh, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand. So I don't. I don't necessarily need to talk about any of the rest of this uh, this album. I don't know if you do. Marcus Mumford shows up and sings some BGVs. Oh, he does at one point. Really? Yeah. Which song is that? In the cow in the cowboy song. Okay, we gotta listen to Cowboy Like Me just a little right, bit. Fine. Here we go. <laughs> God damn, that's no, a sleepy. No Mumford in that part. No. And God damn, that's a sleepy cowboy. I forgot. Should have one of those on underneath it. <laughs> yeah. 
I forgot how sleepy that that's not that's a oof not a very good song <laughs> yeah no it's yeah hmm. I thought it's it was like, gonna be more fun I know if no. Garth Garth were to release a song called cowboy like me I would be all over that shit oh yeah I would be talk about rodeos is this is this a bad thing to say Cameron uh people in the Midwest college that I went to for a year used to say I would be on that like white on rice is that a bad thing to say I think it just means that, like, how white rice is often. That's what I thought. But then I thought I heard someone referring to that as a bad thing to say that people should not say. Okay, fine. Is white (laughs) on rice canceled? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone look in the learning links to find out what Cameron finds out. I just found this random article that says, uh, a few aisles later, he asked me why the white rice was called enriched, but the brown rice was called wild. And don't even get me started on ellipses. (laughs) 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 I'm not putting anything in the learning links. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Okay. I'm on that like brown on rice. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) There. Is that better? I don't think so. (laughs) I think it might be worse. In fact, I'm uh, I'm on that like uh, black on forbidden rice. <laughs> Is that better? Mm. <laughs> Talking about uh, isn't that what it's called? How it's branded forbidden rice, the black rice. I think so. I've seen I don't that. Really in want to get involved before. in this conversation, even though I was the one who started it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me dig this hole for you <laughs> and me. Let me let me keep you some company. Uh. It's like it's like digging a tiger trap and just shoving your friend into it. It's a, it's a real good time. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, end this season end this for season. now. For now, and then Taylor Swift will be back with another album next week. I'm sure of it. A couple, yeah, <laughs> a couple more albums. We just kept writing songs. We have so much to say. We couldn't stop. It's compulsive. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, to this uh, uh, follow up to Taylor Swift. Uh, until next week with. Are we doing some more uh, palate cleanser bullshit, Cameron? Um, no. Let's okay. Let's just by next week we'll have we'll have cho- ch- chosen a uh, a ska artist. Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll do some research and decide whether it should be less than Jake or Real Big Fish or Mighty Mighty Boss Tones or or someone else, and we'll figure out what's the most like iconic one to talk about and that had the cultural zeitgeist. It might so. be the boss tones. They might have been the it might be. earliest. Okay. Yeah. Well, until next week, uh, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. You can support us in a couple ways. You can go on iTunes, write us a review, jam those stars. If you want to support us directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. You'll get uh, access to all of our bonus materials, including our weekly mini show we do, which is called What's in the Box Weekly. And this week, I talked, well, we talked about a bunch of shit just sort of along the way we talked about the mandalorian and what it means for star wars fandom uh i talked a little a little bit more about hannibal the tv show and then i spoke about manhunter and the silence of the lambs two movies that feature the character hannibal lecter and cameron talked about oh yeah i finally becca and i finally fought uh you finally uh, fought i need to stop recording my voice (laughs) (laughs) as soon as possible becca and i uh finished watching uh the main series of steven universe we haven't watched the movie yet and we just recapped that yeah so if you want to hear us talk about that in a longer than usual mini show uh you can go to support.box at that website you can also join our discord 
Um, what you should also do is listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool and is and is about traditional acoustic musics. We might be doing another Christmas episode. We had a great Christmas episode uh, that I think should be evergreen. Like, uh, it's, a, it's canon now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think everyone should go listen to it from last year with the Hawkinson sisters. Uh, and I hope to be able to offer one up next week. We'll see if it actually happens. But um, I, I hopefully have a super nerdy old time Christmas episode that'll be coming out a couple days before Christmas next Wednesday. Ooh. So we'll see. Nice. Sounds fun. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt and I'm taking my shame cash to Taco Bell. <laughs> And uh, raise your glasses. I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm about to pop the cork on the cuss bottle. <laughs> you know, it's only swear words if it's from the swear region of French. Otherwise, it's just sparkling cusses. <laughs> Oh, it's such a hacky joke. It is. I can't tell if it's like, if it's hacky enough that it's ironic for us to do it. I I don't know either. What level of irony are we operating at? I do not know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know.